Hello, you're listening to the Australian Writers' Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name's Valerie Koo and you can find us online at writerscentre.com.au. We're Australia's leading writing centre and you'll find a wealth of resources on our website and blog, including interviews with authors, writing tips and valuable ideas on how to get published and write with confidence. Whether you're interested in writing a novel, short story or articles for magazines, you'll find information and courses to help you get there. Or if you want to hone your business writing skills, we can help you too. Our presenters are the best in the industry. Our team is passionate about all things writing and in these podcasts, we'll be talking to best-selling authors on their craft. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Trevor Young is a PR and social media communications consultant, speaker and coach who helps companies and individuals to increase the intensity of connection they have with the people who matter most to the success of their business, cause or issue. He writes one of Australia's leading marketing blogs, prwarrior.com, and is the author of the new book, Microdomination, How to Leverage Social Media and Content Marketing to Build a Mini Business Empire Around Your Personal Brand. You can follow Trevor on Twitter, at Trevor Young. Thanks for joining us today, Trevor. Thank you for having me, Valerie. Tell us about your latest book, Micro-Domination, and, and the longer title is Micro-Domination, How to Leverage Social Media and Content Marketing to Build a Mini-Business Empire Around Your Personal Brand. What's it you about? like that? I love it. It's a mouthful, but I love it. That's what the book's about. I don't need to say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners who haven't read it yet, can you go into a bit more detail? I can. Um, what I've done in the book is examine um, what I call the rise and rise of a new breed of creative entrepreneur, and I've called them uh, micro-domination, uh, sorry, micro-mavens. Um, and these uh, entrepreneurs, what they're doing is they're leveraging the power of, of the internet and, and social media to um, to build a, a global, often a global platform for their uh, personal brand. But along the way, they're also um, developing uh, a lifestyle business with multiple sources of income and with the long, longer term view of, um, you know, living, living, a, living the life that they really want, I guess. So running a business from wherever, whether you're running it from home or you're traveling around the world or whatever. So it's, it is about developing a platform, building a brand, growing a business, and then I say living your dream lifestyle. I love that term, micro mavens, and I love the title of the book, micro domination. But why is it micro? Uh, well, I, I, the whole notion of the book is about the global micro brand, and I guess in the in the in the past, our micro brands were probably a uh, an Oprah Winfrey or a um, Kim Kardashian, um, <laughs> someone who was known on a on a global scale, but you could say that they're a bit more than micro. Um, the use of the word micro really is in, for, for niche. So if you're, you're an expert in a particular area, you've got a, a niche or a subject or a topic that you're uh, very knowledgeable in, that's what you build your brand in. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess the beauty of technology today means that you can have a very, very narrow niche and when it's global and connected, that's not so little. <laughs> Um, and it just means that it makes it easier for, for experts or people who have expertise in a particular area to drill really deeply in that space and become known as 
not just an expert, but an authority on the subject. So how did you come up with the idea for this? I mean, why did you want to write it? What inspired it? Well, there was no lightning bolt, unfortunately. It would have been a lot easier if there was. It, it, it took some time. I, I guess the genesis was earlier days was I had a, a few mates that were sort of uh, getting into middle age and they'd been doing the same um, running, not so much running their own business. A few were running their own business, but mostly were working for other people. And um, they hadn't, they found it difficult to change, to do something that they wanted, um, to do something with purpose. And you look at around a lot of research that's out there and it's people are very unhappy at work. They want to be doing things that they want to do. So the genesis of it was really around um, doing something that you love, but that's very nebulous and means absolutely nothing. <laughs> and then I started looking around. I had a few mates that were, I, they had what I call a portfolio approach to work. So they weren't micro mavens, but they were probably consultants of, of, of a particular kind. Um, and so they'd be running a, a business from cafes or at home and they'd occasionally go into an office um, somewhere. But they're also on a community board or an arts board or doing something on the side that was probably that purpose that they wanted. Mm. And then moving along some, some months later or even a year later and I, I, I look at the Look at the people who were, I was following online. So uh, David Meeman Scott or uh, Chris Brogan, yeah. uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Chris Gillibo, these people who are all authors in their own right, very successful. But they're more than authors. They're, they're doing other things. They're blogging. They're on, you know, they're running podcasts, doing video, all of these things. And I look at, look at what these guys were doing, what others were doing uh, of that ilk. And I found that there was, a lot of characteristics they all shared. And even if I went outside of the people who I was following and, and looked at others really broadly, and I've probably um, researched hundreds over the journey, mm. they, they shared certain characteristics. And, and that's when the penny started to drop. It's, it's joining a lot of the dots. Mm. Um, and I think in my own way, I've probably going down that path, not, not to the degree that these guys are going into, but I've going down my own path of becoming a speaker and, and, um, you know, running a business from wherever I was um, and, and, and you know, now with the book deal and things like that. So I was going down this journey of creating my own portfolio approach to work. So that was a long-winded way of saying <laughs> there was no lightning bolt and it was aggregated over time, joining a lot of the dots. And, you know, we're all much better in hindsight, aren't we? We can look through the, the rearview mirror and see all those dots joining. But at the time, it wasn't as obvious. You were doing research without knowing you were doing research for this book, really. Well, I was because these were just people I followed mm. um, and that was it. Yeah. I wasn't going out to, to look for anything specific. Mm. Uh, but then on the back of the fact that people are looking for purpose in work, um, the fact that we have got the tools and the technology to be doing things, um, the fact now that we don't need a gatekeeper, we can be our own platform and create our own media, all of these things started to join up. Yeah, so you noticed a trend. But you, you have a very popular blog yourself, The PR Warrior, which has been going since 2007. What part, if any, do you think your blog has played in you getting a book deal for micro-domination? Not necessarily directly, but ultimately the most important thing I've done. Um, it's, I think blogging is one of those things that the moment you go down that path, you open a door to so many other opportunities. 
you probably wouldn't have um, seen or had available let to you had you not gone down the blogging path. And ultimately, when I blogged, I was also been on LinkedIn early days. Um, a couple of years earlier, I was on Twitter in 2007. So it, it's not necessarily the one thing, but the combined, um, I call these the planks of your platform. So mm-hmm. if I looked at my platform, the blog is the, the anchor, the centrepiece, um, and then you've got followings on on Twitter and um, and LinkedIn, for example, um, I write a regular uh, column or a regular post um, for leadingcompany.com.au. And so they're my planks of my platform. So that, that's my stage, I suppose, to, to get my voice out there and spread the ideas. But I think blogging, and when I say blogging, it could be a podcast. It could be a, a video show like uh, what Gary Vaynerchuk did. He did a 1,000 episodes of um Wine Library TV, where he talked about wine on a daily basis. Um, that was the start of his platform. Uh, that got him a um, ten book deal, um, a million dollar ten book deal. So yeah, extremely, extremely important. So you talk about these being the planks of your platform and your book discusses the importance of building a platform, which is really something that many aspiring authors can can do and, in my opinion, should do. Um, can you explain a little bit further for those who aren't familiar with, the, with what a platform is, uh, what that's all about? Yeah, I can. Um, again, it's... It, it's allowing you to have a voice outside. So if we looked at a platform going back years ago, it was probably a soapbox and a very crude megaphone. (laughs) But in more recent years, it's been a a media, traditional media-driven thing. So in the book I describe um, Michael Jordan, his platform, you could say, was the the NBA basketball courts uh, plus Nike's um, multi-multi-million dollar advertising budget that put him into the public, that thrust him into the public consciousness um, you know, Oprah Winfrey had a had a um, TV show. Uh, Kim Kardashian had a TV show. Um, you know, you need a gatekeeper to say, even if you are talented, you still need a gatekeeper somewhere along the line to say, yes, we'll put you onto that radio show, or yes, you can have that TV show. Um, and it's it was it's very hard to to get noticed going back a few years, unless you did a lot through traditional media. So the micromavens that I look at, they didn't have such platform. They didn't have the luxury of having a, a media gatekeeper come to them and say, we'll give you a column in the biggest magazine, business magazine, for example, in America. That didn't happen. Mm. It happens afterwards once you build your audience. Mm. So the platform is designed to get you an audience and or a tribe or a community of followers. It's more than an audience, I think. It's It's a... It's a more connected community. So it's what you start doing before they tap you on the shoulder, so it will, in order for them to tap you on the shoulder to give you a TV show. Oh, a hundred times yes. A hundred times yes. Uh, okay, so if we look at all the micromovens in the book, somewhere along the line, not all of them have got radio shows. Gary Vaynerchuk's on radio, but a lot of them have got um, they've got. Um, columns in in national magazines, for example. Mm. Uh, The media come calling to them because they are seen to be authorities in their space and they've built their authority and their visibility through by having a platform. Mm -hmm. So that is often their blog, but it's also they're very active on Twitter, Facebook, et cetera. So content is one thing. Social interaction is the other. 
And uh, that's the combined. And once you get that into play, um, then you then you get noticed. Mm. So a publisher is really interested in someone who has a platform. Yeah. So some people listening to this who are fiction authors or aspiring fiction authors, I know I've spoken to many who feel they don't have to go down this path because they feel that they don't need to build a platform because in theory, if they're fiction authors, the words should speak for themselves. It's a good book or it's not a good book. So what's your comment on this? Yeah, we're going to take that from a couple of levels. Uh, I still think you need a platform. That's my positioning on that. Um, people still buy the author. They buy the story behind the story. If, if social media has done one thing, it's taken us, um, us the public, behind the scenes of, of people's lives and companies. A lot of the companies now that, that are starting um, from scratch and growing often digitally and connecting with an audience, they're doing it because people are buying the story behind the company and the people, and we like to connect with the people. Um, you know, we want to get close to authors. We want to um, almost go through when they're writing the book, mm. be there with them. And again, so there's that side of things to build that community of followers who are interested in your words, which I think is fantastic. Mm. If you're an author and you're a crime fiction author and you attract crime fiction fans because of your your words, your insights, your blog posts, your all sorts of things, your commentary on, your, you might do book reviews of other crime writing books, mm. um, of, of other crime fiction books. If you get fans that are interested in, in, in what you have to say, your ideas and, your, and that side of things, you're already well on your way because that takes a long time to build anything, any um, community or tribe of followers takes a long time to build. And then you have the marketing reality. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's the nice fluffy stuff and then you have the marketing reality of a publisher probably won't go near you these days or they're less likely to go near you if you haven't got a following. Okay, I won't say that. not that they're less likely to go near you, they're more likely to want you if you have a big following. They can see that, well, you've got, you know, 10,000 fans or something, how many of those are going to buy a book? That's a really, really good start for us. And self-publishing being the, you know, the massive trend at the moment for a number of reasons, um, and that's probably another 10 podcasts, um, you know, if you're going to want to publish your own book, you need to be talking to people. You need to have it out there. You need to be going through the process of, of taking people along for the journey, for the ride. That's what people are interested in. They're interested in your book, but they're interested in you and your journey first. Yes. So the publishing industry certainly has changed over the last even five years where publishers who once did all the marketing for you are now really relying on the author to, for some, to some authors to do a lot of the promotion and marketing themselves. So when it comes to um, a non-fiction book like your one, some people do say that the hard work actually starts after the book is published. So what have been some of the key elements in the promotion of your book? Well, we're still very early days as we record this, uh, Valerie, but mm -hmm. um, I will say just on just before I get into that, 
I think it must be really hard for authors that have never done this. You've never marketed. I mean, I'm in the space. I've been in public relations for 20 years. Mm. Um, and I, I can see a lot of the dots and know what has to be done. But even I can sit back and say, well, there's a lot here. There's a lot to do. So I have empathy for authors who might be confronted with this and it, it just it might seem all too hard. But I look at the positives. The positives are you can actually go out and make a difference yourself now where it was a lot harder years ago. So I, I think that the opportunities for those that want to be doing it are fantastic. I'll just, I'll just sort of drop that in. Uh, mm-hmm. On my side of things, um, yes, it, it's, it's a little overwhelming at times. Um, I'm, I'm starting up a new business. I'm doing all that um, as well. So the book is sort of on the side, as it were, uh, and I wrote it on the side. I wrote it at night and I wrote it during the, during the uh, weekend. So I've got to get my head around the fact that this is a really big part of my life and it should be part of my business. So I should be doing a lot more during work hours. Um, but given that the, the book is all about content marketing and social media, they're the areas that I'm concentrating on. So I'm working with the publisher, who's Wiley Publishers, who are very, very good, very big in the business publishing space, and I'm working with the, uh, the publicity department there, and um, together all, they're doing probably more of the traditional type of um, publicity, and that's just started in the last couple of weeks because the book's just about out now. So the timing-wise is um, this is still reasonably early days. Uh, I'm doing a number of podcasts um, like this one. Um, I intend writing and I've got a, um, a number of guest posts lined up. That means that I write a blog post for someone else's blog. Very, very powerful strategy, a really good one um, if people are um, keen to, to get into that space. And social media, um, you know, I've been into this space since, you know, 2007. I'm, I'm active. I love it. Um, I've got readers of my own blog, so I promote through that. Um, I've got, you know, big followings on Twitter and LinkedIn, for example. And I've been drip-feeding tidbits of the book out for six, eight months. I started writing in August, so I probably started talking about it in August, but just dripped it out every now and then. Um, you know, when we looked at the cover, we'd reveal the cover. When the manuscript came in, I'd look, you know, take an Instagram shot of that. So the marketing of the book starts when you get the deal. Mm. That's the marketing. You don't shut up and just hide away in a cave. You might have to hide away in a cave to actually do the writing. But <laughs> once again, I've tried to take people along for the journey. Now, that's not widespread. That's for people who, who are in my, probably my community, if I can use the word community the people who read my blog, who I interact with on online and social media, who I, you know, who are friends, who I see at events, that sort of stuff. So that's been, I go to those people, they then retweet or talk about, or, you know, talk about my book to their personal networks. Mm-hmm. And that's how I get to amplify my story. It's not me, just me doing it. There is a definite um, ripple effect. It's brilliant advice that the marketing starts when you get the book deal and because it's building that sense of anticipation as well. But let, let's move on to the actual writing of the book. Now, I lapped it up. I loved everything in it. And I also know that there's a lot of information, a lot of really useful information. But because there is a lot, tell me, how did you figure out how to structure it? How did you 
plan it out. Did you plan it out or did you just start writing? <laughs> um, I started writing, but it was a bit haphazard. Um, so it was a little chaotic early on until I was finding the threads. I knew what I wanted to write. I just didn't have the structure around the book. I had the, the big theme organised because I needed that to get the book deal in the first place. Mm. But I've got to say, I've done the deal and I was still, okay, now I've got to write this thing. And it took a few weeks to get the contents down, Pat. Once I got the contents and the big chunks, and the big chunks to me, the cornerstone elements, mm. um, being a non-fiction book, I think that's important. The, non the, the cornerstone event, uh, elements for me were the um, to um, develop your platform, grow your, uh, build your brand, grow your business, and then live the dream, those four areas. Um, but then we segmented it even further. Um, there's, you know, the introduction to what the um, the marketplace is like, the um, introducing the notion or the term of micro-maven, mm. introducing people to the micro-mavens who I would be including in the book. So I sort of had, I list 26 of them early in the book, meet the micro-mavens, um, and then shared the characteristics of those micro-mavens, and then this is what you have to do to become one based on what my research of these people is and then finish it off with the micro-maven in action. So it's, it really did start to um, start to make sense once I had that cornerstone around. So in, in terms of parts, introducing the micro-maven, exploring the micro-maven, what are they all about, becoming the micro-maven, and then the micro-maven in action. Mm -hmm. So it started, once you get that narrative or that linear uh, plan, then you can just rock and roll. For me, I just... I just wrote. And I didn't write, have to write in a linear fashion. I could go and write page. I could write the, the conclusion first if I wanted to. Mm. I was writing the profiles. I did all the profile work first anyway because while I was learning and researching about those people, I was writing about them at the same time. Mm. So you just mentioned before that you wrote the book at nights and on weekends. So yep. tell, you ha tell us about your writing process or did you have some kind of routine once you decided, okay, I'm spending the next X number of hours writing? Did you, did you have to get into the zone somehow? Yeah, I think it's probably generous calling it a process. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I had three months to write the book. So my word target was 55,000. Mm -hmm. uh, I ended up writing 65,000 and I think it's around about the 62,000 mark now. I did a spreadsheet, very unlike me. I did a spreadsheet and said, well, if I'm going to hit this target, this is what I have to do. Mm. Um, and three months is not really a long time. No. So I, I, I broke it down into weeks and um, that's the easiest way into small chunks. And I thought, well, okay, I can do it. I can, in that respect, I can I can do it if I do X amount of words a week. And some weeks I went over when I was having good writing weeks and some, some weeks I'd go under. But I averaged out. And I've got to tell you, once I saw the light at the end of the tunnel, I was getting into about 48,000 words. I was really relaxed and comfortable then. And that's why I kept writing and I got to 65,000 words. But it... I had a couple of nights, two to three nights where I wrote. The, the, the idea is to always be doing it. Um, weekends were pretty full on. Um, they were my big chunks. Sunday was my very big chunk. Saturday was a bit more about tidying up what I'd done during the week. Uh, Wednesday night was a big week, big night for me, and then I'd do a, um, uh, 
a couple of hours on a sort of a Monday and a Tuesday. Wow, very systematic. So once you handed in your first draft of your manuscript, what was it like working with your editor? Yeah, the editing process I found, um, when I say stressful, it was because of the time. Um, you know, I didn't know what, what we had to do. I wasn't, you know, I'd never done this process before, so I was very much a newbie. Um, probably had I known, I would have probably tried to crib a couple of weeks on the other side and got it in a couple of weeks earlier. Because we were heading for Christmas and this has to, you know, in terms of publishing, there is a schedule and you have to hit it and it has to go and get printed and shipped back and all of that. Um, and I and I, I really, in hindsight, I would have probably cribbed a couple of weeks to give myself a couple of weeks extra break. Not breaking, not doing it, as in... Um, not having to do all the editing in one piece. The editing is is an unusual thing. It's not we don't really sit there and talk about grammar or anything. It's the editor's role, and they're fantastic, I must say. Um, their job is to make the book better, and they are um, objective, and they they know what the publisher wants, the style. They've got all that in their head, and it's just a matter of they plough through it. They mark up the manuscript, then you have to agree, disagree, add things. But what I was doing is I was, you know, as questions come in, I'd have to do more research. And I think once you go down, it was me anyway, and others might not do it. I'd go back and I was almost rewriting as I was going through it again because I was delving in, I was changing things. I'd go back and, and almost re-research stuff again and again and again. So I did all extra research during the editing process, which I probably didn't need to do. Um, but it was a very short, I reckon it was only about 10 days, yeah. maybe two weeks, but it was very short and you can't let, you do it in chunks and you can't let the chunks build up because then the editor hasn't got a chance to finish it off by their deadline. It's not fair for them. So it's a rolling thing. So I guess I, I handed it in. I had about, I, I would have thought of, I was hoping for a few weeks break I didn't get that many um and uh and then it was straight back into it and then it was Christmas so um and then you're planning the book and looking at the cover and all of those things so if I did have the time again I'd certainly um I'd certainly try and crib a bit more time mm. some some aspiring authors also look um, at having a book to help them build their credibility, you know, their platform, as you talk about. But one of the key reasons is to enable them to get more lucrative gigs like consulting or speaking engagements. So what's been your experience in building up a speaking portfolio? Because I know you do a lot of speaking around the place as well, and I know a lot of authors are keen to to get those speaking gigs. Um, you're right. I cover in the book the importance of having a book. Mm -hmm. um, it gives you that extra credibility. This is obviously in the, the non-fiction space. Um, again, it came down to the blog. Um, I, I didn't really do, I did some sporadic speaking years ago when I ran a PR firm, but really uh, I was not known out of the area and, you know, no one knew me. But by having a blog, that was the credibility. You get asked to be on panels. Um, you know, people say, oh, you must know this stuff. Can you talk here? Um, you start packaging up and, and acting like a speaker, you put it on your website and then you get more speaking gigs. So mm. to me it wasn't the book, it was the blog. 
and uh, the blog plus my connection. So but I go back. It, it was the platform. Yeah. The platform will get you speaking gigs. In fact, if you're doing a number of speaking gigs, that is part of your platform as well mm. because that's what gets you known and seen and people tweet about you and write about you. And, um, you know, if you're talking at an event uh, in your area or a conference, um, the program goes out, it's all about you, it's got your Twitter handle, more people follow you. All of these things are connected. Um, so I think by the time you've written the book, you're probably speaking potentially anyway, mm. but the book in a lot of cases now will help you hopefully <laughs> take <laughs> things to the next level. All the research shows that it is anecdotally as well as, um, as, well as sort of research by some firms that I've seen. So you are a big user and advocate of social media and also in the book you talk about how um, to use social media to be a micromaven. Um, I find that a lot of authors that I speak to, both fiction and non-fiction authors, shy away from social media um, because they either find it overwhelming or they just don't get it <laughs> and they, they um, don't think it's um, uh, relevant or necessary. What's your comment on that? I mean, I can understand it, particularly if you're a, a writer or a fiction writer and you're probably more on the introverted side and you sit down at your computer and you're writing. Mm. Um, I think, you know, that's probably reasonably hard. Uh, but if you're a non-fiction writer and you're passionate about a space that you're in and you're out there talking about it and all of that, it's probably going to be a lot easier. Um, I mean, to me, it's changed my life and I wouldn't have a book deal or a book, which has always been a dream. I certainly wouldn't have that had I not done social media. There's no question about that. Um, and social media today, we, you know, we live in, uh, Seth Godin calls it a connection economy. Um, it, 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 and Iggy Pintado, who's a, who's a co-author and a, um, um, uh, probably an acquaintance of, he's certainly a friend of mine. He's probably an acquaintance of yours yes, too, Val. Yes. Uh, um, Iggy talks about every um, every social uh, what is it? Every connection is a potential business or social opportunity, mm. and you know that's the way the world goes around. And and authors are their own brands. They are a brand. Um, they're a personality based brand, but they are a brand. And you need to be out there. You need to be consistent in your actions, whether you're writing an article, whether you're doing a book, you're doing a talk, you're on a panel, you're tweeting, you're blogging, you're doing a podcast interview. And um, all of that's, you know, a large proportion of that today is social media. And, you know, you're going to, if you're going to be an author and you want to be successful, um, social media is kind of getting more, even more important today than it was three years ago. Um, I, I just would struggle um, to advise anyone not having a go at it. Now, if they don't understand it, that's fine. It's a matter of getting in, getting your feet wet, um, doing what works for you. You might not like Twitter. You might not need to do Twitter. Um, I was talking to someone the other day and he said he, he runs a business and he's got something like 20,000 followers, but he hates Twitter. And I said, <laughs> don't do it because you're not interacting with anyone. Mm -hmm. So why are you even bothering? I mean, he, he got it. He built up, um, you know, quite quite easily through some connections, and he had a bit of high profile help um, to build his um, his Twitter following. But I said, if your heart's not in it, don't do it. Mm. 
So if people uh, would like to follow what you're doing on social media, where can they find you? Uh, on social media or well, Twitter's, I've probably given Twitter too much of a burst today, but <laughs> um, my, my Twitter handle is at Trevor Young. Um, and my website, my portfolio website is trevoryoung.me and I've got all my jump off points there. Great. And the website for the book Micro Domination is? Yeah, um, just to confuse people, I've got two. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, microdominationbook.com is just about the book. Very simple website. And what I've done, I've created a blog around the book um, in true social media um, parlance, I suppose. Of course. Uh, that's just microdomination.com. And what I'm trying to do there, and I'll get into it a bit more over the next few months, is um, create discussions and more content around the themes in the book because the book is a cuts a swathe across a lot of areas and it was not possible to go deep diving into any areas mm. uh, in the book because that would have changed the, the tenor of the whole thing. Um, so I decided to do a blog for all of those offcuts and to go deeper in areas. So if people are interested in the themes discussed in the book, then microdomination.com, the blog, is the community where I want to continue things going. Great. And finally, what was the most challenging thing about writing the book and what was the most rewarding thing? Gosh, the challenging. Um, I think all of it's challenging in a way. <laughs> Let me go back to the challenging one. The good thing is I don't think I've seen the good thing yet. I, I, I was when the when the um, the books arrived at the publisher at Wiley's and they said, oh, they're here, do you want us to send them? And I said, there's some money around the corner, actually. I'll, I'll pop by and pick, pick them up. And um, they were just saying how they've never, they don't often see the author open the box and look at the books because they generally send it to them. And I think when you open the box and you see the book and you touch it, you feel it, um, that's a pretty special feeling, particularly if it's been a goal um, you know, for a long time, as it has with me, for me. But I'm sure that the first time I see it in a bookshop, um, that will be that will be a very good moment, I think. Yes, and that's just around the corner. And on that note, thank you very much for your time today, Trevor. No problem. Thank you very much, Valerie. You've been listening to the team from the Australian Writers' Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name's Valerie Koo. You can find us online at writerscentre.com.au and discover details about our courses, seminars and popular online learning programs where we help students from all over the world. I'm author of the book Power Stories, the eight stories you must tell to build an epic business. And you can find out more on my personal website, valeriekoo.com. That's valerie, K-H-O-O.com. Thank you for listening.